Welcome to Akatink Unitarian Universalist Church and our live stream worship service. I'm your minister, Reverend Pippin Whitaker, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. Akatink UU Church is a welcoming and inclusive community, and we seek to create a more just and compassionate world through our actions to bring about justice and by honoring the web of nature of which we are all a part. All are welcome here, no matter whom you love, no matter your identity or race or heritage, no matter your beliefs or background, no matter your means or your gifts, you are welcome here in this religious community. You are also welcome to share in our virtual coffee hour right after worship. You could find the link just as you did in your email or you can simply stay right here. I now introduce you to our worship associate for today, Sheila Dolls. Hi, I'm Sheila Doles, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. I invite you to close your other windows or apps or devices, take a deep breath, and center yourself for worship. For the best viewing experience in Zoom, move your cursor on the screen to locate the view toggle and enable the speaker mode, not gallery view. This will make the speaker bigger on your screen. If you're new to Akatink and would like to talk more about this church, please be sure to reach out to me, our minister, Reverend Pippin, or a member of the board. Contact information is posted on our website at www.akatinkuu.org. On our website, you can check the online order of service on the worship section of our webpage. While you're on the website, be sure to check our events page for upcoming virtual gatherings and other news. As we worship today, we explore our theme of compassion and we are in the middle of Pride Month. What is the overlap? What is the intersection of compassion and our journey into LGBTQ equality? taking pride in all our orientations and identities. Come let us worship today. I also bring you news that I am about to go to General Assembly online instead of in Providence, Rhode Island. And that means that for the next couple of Sundays, I'll be consumed with activities at General Assembly for the ministers, group and business meetings, and also as the national chair of the Commission on Social Witness for the Association, the Unitarian Universalist Association. But what do I do at General Assembly? Any of you could actually attend General Assembly and see the business and also the conference style connections at our National Association's annual meeting. It's cheaper this year than it ever will be likely in the future because it's all online, it's $150. If you need help getting to GA and you want to go, let me know. GA begins, opens for the public on June 24th and it's never too late to register. So let me know if you wanna be there, but either way, look forward to news and connection to what is going on in the wider association coming to you through worship services in July. But now come let us worship pride and compassion. Uh, Sheila Dolls will lead us in our chalice lighting. I invite you to light along with us. 
come into this circle of compassion and care. Bring your worry and wounds, your longings and hope. With word and song, we rekindle the connection that soothes our tender hearts. With stillness and space to pause, we restore our strength for the work that must be done. The work of love, the work of waiting, the work of repair, the work of remembering that we are not alone. Let us begin. I invite you all into a space now of prayer and meditation. This is a prayer for Trans Day of Visibility by Mr. Barb Greed. Blessed are the trailblazers who brought us this far and are still trailblazing, still celebrating. Blessed are the drag queens and kings who remind us not to take life too seriously. Blessed are the gender benders, non-binary, gender fluid and third gender folk who challenge us to reframe our gender paradigm. Blessed are the young ones who present fearlessly from the start. Blessed are their parents who make space for freedom and love their children fiercely. Blessed are the siblings and relatives who educate, support, and love us as we are. Blessed are the gender queer youth who are struggling and who persist. Blessed are the 90 year olds just coming out and those who have been out for decades. Blessed are those whose lives were cut too short. May their stories live on through us. Blessed are the survivors. May they keep on living. Blessed are the allies learning to be accomplices. Blessed are those gathered here today, witnessing, learning, celebrating. May we all commit to, to showing up, fighting for justice, celebrating all genders in life. Amen. I share with you now a reading, a poem written by a very dear friend and colleague of mine, the Reverend Emma Chatton. She wrote this for recognition of a transgender day of remembrance. I am. I defied the gender binary. I challenged the first pronouncement ever made about me. I questioned the evidence my body presented to me and I took issue with the guidance of my parents who assumed and nudged my life down one path without even asking me if that's where I wanted to go. I confounded my society and my culture and I ignored what I was told was the norm. I lived on the edges and I defied definitions. I am far more than the names I have been called. I have done many things and lived many lives. I am the rule breaker, the exception, the trickster, the one who divides and multiplies the gender binary until it becomes a string of infinite possibilities. In ancient times, I was celebrated as one who walked in many worlds. I was revered as the one who embodied transformation and who showed the world that we can change. 
but ancient wisdom has long been forgotten, and now I pay the price for our forgetfulness. We tend to behave badly towards that which we do not understand, and therein lies the pain. Like all of creation, I am a mystery. I don't seek to be understood. I just seek to be accepted. On June 28, 1969, it is said that Marsha Johnson threw a brick, or maybe it was a shot glass, at the police who had just arrested 13 people, including her friends, for simply hanging out at a bar. The police had just raided the Stonewall Inn, a gay bar in New York's Greenwich Village, which served mainly transvestites and gay men of color. The term transvestite was used at the time, and it encompassed transgender, gender fluid, drag queens, and more gender identities, all under that term. At the time, New York would not grant a liquor license to bars that served gay people, hence the excuse for the raid. Many say that Marsha Johnson started Stonewall riots by throwing the first object, but she remembered it differently. Either way, the Stonewall riots catalyzed a movement for LGBTQ rights. Together with her friend Sylvia Rivera, who was also trans, she founded the organization STAR, Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, and was a leader at the heart of the LGBTQ rights movement. Marsha Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, two transgender women of color although the use of the term transgender is a little problematic because we don't know for sure what gender term they would have identified with today. The role of gender identity is extremely important as we prepare to honor a day over half a century ago that sparked a movement, a movement that advanced equality for the LGBTQ community broadly, but especially for the L, G, and the B, the lesbian, gay, and bisexual community, not as much for the trans and gender queer folks, despite their vital role in this movement. Let me tell you a story courtesy of the Transgender Law Center. Jamie identifies as genderqueer and grew up in New York, but made their way to New York City as an adult. They were very active in their community working closely with a queer synagogue and encouraging, engaging, and doing other community work, like creating safe spaces for queer and trans youth. A year ago, Jamie had unprotected sex and realized the safest thing to do was to reach out immediately to the doctor for post-exposure prophylaxis. Jamie went to the local urgent care center, but the doctor they saw refused to treat them. The doctor said that the gender markers on Jamie's paperwork did not match, and therefore, they could not help Jamie. This experience was heartbreaking and stayed with Jamie, and terrifying. They are now terrified to reach out for in emergency medical assistance. Jamie also has a fear of regular doctor's appointments because they fear they'll be treated poorly again, and they often miss appointments and needed medical treatment. Their other deeply troubling 
tragedies in the news. Read about Tony McDade, an allegedly unarmed black trans man in Florida who was killed May 27th. And on May 30th, Ayana Dior, a black trans woman, got in a fender bender and ended up with an angry mob of over a dozen people who chased and beat her brutally. Tragically, transgender and gender expansive people have not been able to reap the benefits of the movement they catalyzed in the Stonewall riots. And Friday, we saw another loss of equality for our transgender and gender queer community. Let us remember that Friday was the fourth anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting when a 29-year-old male security guard killed 49 people and injured over 50 more at the Pulse nightclub gay bar in Orlando, Florida. Pulse was the deadliest attack on the LGBTQ community in US history, and it's worth remembering also that it was Latin night at Pulse. Most victims were Hispanic. Let us pause for a moment and remember those slain in the Pulse nightclub massacre and send our love to all their families and friends who miss them dearly. Four years ago Friday and this Friday on the Pulse anniversary, the current administration finalized a rule that permits healthcare professionals and insurance companies to discriminate against transgender, gender fluid, gender nonconforming, and otherwise gender diverse individuals. What a day to reverse protections based on gender identity put in place in the Obama era administration. This will undoubtedly disproportionately impact transgender and gender expansive people who are also poor and minority. There's a deadly intersection of inequality and violence where some people are relatively able to survive and even thrive as gay, lesbian, bisexual, and others because of race and gender identity and poverty are made incredibly vulnerable. I will underscore that I say relatively because the entire LGBTQ community continues to face hate crimes healthcare and job discrimination, and more cruelty from society. Why though has it been harder to advance this equality at the intersections? We know that in poor communities and communities of color, resources available to support and affirm gender diversity and to protect individuals are often scarce at best. Black trans women are far more likely, for example, to live in poverty, and they face an average life expectancy into their 30s due to hate crimes and abuse from police as well as from community members. Another reason it's harder to advance transgender equality is frankly that society values cisgender people more, along with heterosexual. Acting through media and rhetoric as though and promoting norms as though hetero and cis were some human default. For those new to the term, cisgender, by the way, just means your gender identity matches the gender assigned to you at birth, or it matches closely enough that it doesn't bother you. And so in accord with our baser human nature, members of a dominant group 
like hetero and cisgender, want to display their affiliation with that group almost without thinking about it. One can easily demonstrate, though, your heterosexuality by partnering with opposite sex partners, but proving that you're cisgender, that's a little harder. The difference here is sexual orientation is often relational and external or demonstrable. Gender identity is simply who you are. It is deep. It is just the I. I invite you now into a deeper and more internal exploration. Remember the story of Red the Crayon? The parents and others saw the label and believed Red had to match the color on the label. But I think there was also a crisis within each crayon. Red's parents and all the others, think about it. They had to rethink who they were. If the label didn't always match the color, then did that mean that they might not be who they each thought they were? Perhaps everyone had put pressure on Red in order to avoid their own personal identity crisis. Here's a human example that may help. If I've grown up understanding myself and defining my identity in a one-dimensional world where I'm a woman and that means not a man, then I have only a one-dimensional understanding of my gender identity. That may have been all I ever felt I needed. But upon meeting so many people with diverse, beautiful genders, like transgender and fluid and non-binary and agender and queer and multiple, now I have this wonderful opportunity to know myself on many more dimensions. I see this as an invitation into self-knowledge. But so many people experience a sort of defensiveness. I wonder how many cisgender individuals are struggling with a type of gender fragility. Think of how much pressure we have to perform a specific gender. Think of how pressured women are to have the right face or hair or body shape to look feminine enough. And men, oh my, the pressure on men to be manly or big or muscular, no matter what your natural body type is. Proving you're a man or appearing like a lady. Many people have understandably leaned on some biological coincidence to defend themselves against a society that is harshly and rigid about gender. Now we have an opportunity to embrace an invitation to deeper self-knowledge and self-acceptance. And I believe this is what we must draw on, this deeper self-acceptance in order to be truly welcoming each one of us and each community and each policy. And so this brings us to the heart of the matter. Social policies fail to protect trans and gender non-conforming and gender expansive folks, even as we have won at least some battles for equality to protect lesbian, gay, and bisexual folks, albeit not adequately. We're not done with that equality journey either. But let us each look inward and expand and grow our self-acceptance. Whether we are nurturing our own diverse gender identity despite a society that rejects us in some way, or whether we're just beginning to imagine the complexity of a cisgender identity, let us each look inward and take ownership of our personal heart of welcome and then share this deep heart of kindness, 
no matter how we identify or who we need to share this kindness with. In closing, I offer this gem of wisdom from a brilliant transgender activist and actress I had the pleasure of meeting recently. recently. Alexandra Billings. She's a Hispanic Latina woman and the first transgender woman to actually play a transgender woman on TV in the Transparent series. She said this, for it is the grand act of helping that is the center of the divine spirit. We cannot live, we cannot thrive or blossom without the generosity of the stranger next to us. This is not learned, this is inbred and cellular. It is given to us by something much greater and much more beautiful and more powerful than we can ever imagine. So really, in truth, it is not ours to waste. We must search for those in need so that we may better serve the greater good. Our lives are nothing unless the gifts of them are shared." End quote. Let us look into our deep hearts, into the deepest recesses of our self-knowledge with a warm welcome and share this with care and generosity with all those among us and around us. Amen and blessed be. We extinguish our chalice flames at this time, but we do not extinguish what we have kindled here. We carry it within us, the light of inspiration, the warmth of compassion, the fire of commitment. May we bring these gifts into our lives and share them radiantly out in the world. Sheila will lead us in our community blessing. I invite you now to join me in our community blessing with these words of David Bumba. This church is dedicated to the proposition that behind all our differences and beneath all our diversity, there is a unity that makes us one and binds us forever together in spite of time, death, and the space between the stars. We pause now in silent witness to that unity. Here we are together in the middle of Pride Month. Let us let love into our hearts and take pride in affirming all identities and orientations in our communities. As we continue our fight to bring welcome into our policies and our wider world, as we celebrate Pride Month and all the trailblazers for equality, let us each recommit to let love in so we can help love win. Blessed be and amen. <laughs>